morning, everyone. Welcome to a new week. We had such a beautiful weekend. It was so uh, beautiful and blue and sunny, uh, so enjoyable and so nice to see so many people out on the walking tracks and enjoy- enjoying the uh, opening of some of our social spaces up again. just a bit of a story from me about me. Sometimes I think the best I have to offer is not so much what I'm learning about God but what I'm learning about me. So here goes. So this pandemic has created a range of challenges for me. You know like most people I've had to navigate and like most people I've achieved you know along a varying scale ranges from finesse to disaster. Usually I think I sit somewhere around the latter end at, at, um, as one of my friends phrased it this week, letting chaos wash over me. Uh, But over the last few weeks, I've had a growing sense that this period of my life um, is turning into a fruitful one. I'm often one to feel quite paralysed by um, big changes, but that hasn't happened this time. And I'm not sure why, but I feel like I'm jogging in a time that I might normally sit or even curl up and wait it out. I sense an opening up to something, to possibility, to opportunity, and it's hard to put my finger on, until this week, that is. So last week I posted um, the podcast, as usual, on a Monday morning. In the early morning quiet, I was reflecting to myself that the podcast felt a little bit kind of evangelical. And if you know me, evangelical is not a word that sits easily with me. It's not really usually part of my vocabulary. Uh, So I was kind of having a bit of a chuckle to myself, you know, the how ironic that I would say something almost evangelical kind of chuckle. And then along with it, another quiet voice saying to me, well, post it on Facebook then. (laughs) Uh, Come again? Post it on Facebook. Yep, no, not on your sweet granny's life. I tried to get on with my day but the little voice would not go away. I don't know if you've ever had that before. A little voice that you know is not really from you and it just it plagues you. So I found myself arguing, God, do you know all my people on Facebook? Do you even know who they are? You know, they're academics and they're policymakers and they're friends who think I'm sane. Do you have any regard for my reputation? Do you think that I would ever expose myself like that? I spent the day throwing myself into piles of work and being really grumpy all the other times when I was faced with my raging demons. I was quite pathetic. And what wasn't lost on me was that I couldn't even do what my own message was for that week's podcast, be brave. And in the cultural current that threatens to crush you, just look to Jesus. It sounds so simple, doesn't it? The next morning, I posted it on Facebook. I felt stupid, I felt teary. It was like I was different somehow. I felt battered. I had a sick feeling in the pit of my stomach. I had a sense of loss. And I knew what the loss was. It was a loss of self. I had to hand over a piece of my identity that up until then I had nicely preserved in uh, only one compartment of two parallel worlds. I knew what I needed to learn wasn't how to post something I'd written about Jesus. I needed to learn to recognise how deep my concrete bunker of self-protection around my privatised spirituality actually was. In the end, it kind of ripped off a band-aid, off a weeping wound, and I could really not 
bear to face its ugliness. I thought that posting it on Facebook would be quite freeing. It wasn't. I felt this kind of steely stoic resignation, to use someone else's words. Uh, the next day, though, the same voice. Twitter. Hmm. No. Just no. That is my academic world. All my colleagues all over Australia. And Twitter is not even that kind of forum. At least it's normal to spruik a personal message on Facebook, but not Twitter. I would be a complete fool. Just, like, go away. I was actually really a bit pissed off with God. My poor brain kept tossing around phrases like downward mobility and academic suicide. It was just excruciating. Just ask Nick. At the end of the day on Thursday, I posted it. No, I tweeted it. But this time when I tweeted it, I handed up my reputation and my image and all my preconceived ideas about what others will or won't think to God. Hard-hearted obedience is actually not much better than none at all. I know that. I also know the point wasn't pressing the tweet button. It was keeping my eyes fixed on Jesus and trusting him because whatever happens to me or my reputation, whatever people do or don't think about me, he holds the entire universe in his hand. That's what I want to bet on, not the questionable wisdom of academic knowledge or what the people in my social world think of me. This is not an end to this little story for me, yet. How is this for pathetic? I haven't even looked at Twitter since. I can't face it. I still oscillate between feeling horrified at what I've done when I cast my gaze into my culture and knowing that Jesus has it covered and I just need to rest in that. But what I have learned so far this week is some hard stuff about me. I love God. I want to know God. I want to be more like Jesus in everything I do. But that side of me has become a part that I protect and I hide well from public view. I don't speak it and I don't share it. This week has exposed the ugly depths of the fear that overwhelms me when I face that choice. My fear of being exposed and ridiculed and judged is just palpable and it cuts straight to my deepest insecurities. It reminds me of Eugene Patterson's little biology lesson about exo and endoskeletons that he applies to a parable of Jesus. So creatures with an exoskeleton develop their bone structures or skeletons on the outside like a beetle. Creatures with endoskeletons are like kittens or humans and we develop skeletons on the inside. Peterson points to the parable of the rich young ruler that's told by Jesus in Matthew 19 uh, verse 16 in which a rich young man asks Jesus how to enter the kingdom of heaven. And Jesus says in a nutshell, to enter eternal life, he must give away everything he has. The rich young ruler, he couldn't do it and he went away sad. And this is because, Peterson explains, that he has lived his whole life with an exoskeleton. And I quote here, his material goods and moral achievements were all on the outside like a crust and they separated him from both his neighbour and his God. So to step into the kingdom meant for him a shedding of that hard crust and exposing his vulnerabilities, exposing a naked human self without the wealth or the social status or the power. There is danger and risk in living as an endoskeletal creature. The risk is higher, particularly during development. These creatures are exposed and vulnerable. Just think of our own neonates or a baby kitten. They require total protection for some time. 
But it is also true that when they mature, they are capable of much higher consciousness than creatures with exoskeletons. So to put that in a spiritual context, Russell Moore writes that, and I quote, a shell of protection of our own doing and being and winning and displaying can convince us that we don't need others or even, though we won't admit it, that we don't need God. But deep within, we know that structure we build on the outside is protecting us only from what we need the most, the love of God, the communion of saints, the carrying of the cross. We are, in the end, protecting ourselves from blessing. Part of my struggle this week is exactly this. There's an exoskeleton in my closet. I know my own layers of self-protection stop me from seeing and hearing what God is already doing all around me, in and amongst my colleagues and my peers and my friends. I don't want this protection, but my ego does. It wants my reputation as a rational, thinking, capable, academic and general person to remain intact. The thought that people may think I'm weird is one of my deep fears. I really do have to admit that this struggle is not over for me, nowhere near. So what do I do? I feel a bit like Paul who admits he is a mystery unto himself in Romans 7 verse 15, that he longs to do what is right but he just doesn't have the willpower to do it. For me to say it is well with my soul, I know that I need a spiritual endoskeleton to be soft on the outside, vulnerable to hearing God's voice. A lovely little picture comes to mind here. Perhaps it's the housing researcher in me, but I want to be like the little house that is for sale. It's run down and the paint is falling off, needs a lot of tender loving care, but it is considered having great value after all because, as we like to say in Australia, it's got good bones. That's code for an old, well-built beauty whose value and security isn't in the paint job or facade, but in its structural integrity. I want to be like that spiritually, to be so well internally formed in the knowledge of the love and grace of Jesus that I don't need my outside identity to be hard and crusty and consist in what I do and how I present myself, but rather that I am open and vulnerable to the love of God, hearing his voice and taking hold of his gift of life when it's right in front of me. I have a small but important postscript to this story. The challenges of this week were full of internal struggle, but actually what shifted my heart wasn't my internal struggle. It was two 6am prayer meetings that I had during the week. At each, I was sitting under the weight of the chaos of my mind, and at each meeting, I chose to share the chaos of my heart and ask for prayer. The prayers that others gave were gentle and loving and beautiful, and gave me strength to keep a soft heart open to God. We need each other. Like endoskeletal creatures, we can't actually spiritually thrive on our own, particularly when we feel open and vulnerable and afraid. We need each other to love us, and we need to allow others to love us through our dark places. It's the only way we can develop strong spiritual endoskeletons that will hold the weight of life. My prayer to end this podcast today is one I prayed during the week that I found really helpful. It is called Prayer of Abandonment by Charles Dufacold and it speaks very much of an endoskeletal spirituality. Let's pray. Father, 
I abandon myself into your hands. Do with me what you will. Whatever you may do, I thank you. I am ready for all. I accept all. Let only your will be done in me. And in all your creatures, I wish no more than this, O Lord. Into your hands I commend my soul. I offer it to you with all the love of my heart. For I love you, Lord, and so need to give myself, to surrender myself into your hands without reserve and with boundless confidence. For you are my Father.